Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donnie Cage. And we are the hosts of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Between the two of us, I have 25 years of wrestling experience. Amazing, Donnie. Uh, I actually have 30 years, so that's 55 years of wrestling watching experience which just is amazing. Hey, once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, If you're new, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, We do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday, so be sure to check us out on our other episodes. Uh, Donnie and I always have a lot of fun, and uh, we like bringing you guys and involving you into the conversation. We do talk about wrestling past, present, and future, superstars, and promotions. All right, Donnie, let's get out of here, buddy. Hey, hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And with me today is the other host, Donnie Cage. Yeah, there he is. How's it going, buddy? It's going great. How's it going with you? Oh, fair to Midland. Fair to Midland. Beautiful, beautiful weather here in the great state of Kentucky. Uh, It was a pretty good weekend. I really enjoyed our last show with... uh, uh, the uh, creator and host of Buzzing with Marlo, uh, Warren Marlo. Uh, 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 I keep thinking about that show. I, I, I had a real good time on that show. What would you think? Yeah, fantastic time. Warren was an amazing guest. Hope to have him back on in the future. Oh, yeah. He's going to come on and pre- uh, promote his last match once he gets all the details worked out. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, I highly advise you to because uh, – it was a lot of fun, and he's he's just full of he's a wealth of information when it comes to the wrestling game. Uh, nevertheless, if this is your first time listening, we do have uh, we do upload new episodes here every Monday and Friday. Uh, we do have another special guest that's going to be with us soon uh, in a couple episodes. Uh, he is actually a boxing coach, uh, so it's going to be really interesting to get his uh, perspective. Um, on uh, you know maybe wrestling and how it ties into boxing, it should be an interesting conversation with the three of us. Regardless, uh, also Donnie uh, Cage is the creator and host of uh, Voice uh, Voice uh, Uncaged Voice. Am I right? Yep, the Uncaged Voice, <laughs> and that streams on Twitch. If you haven't had a chance yet, be sure to check that out. Uh, now the the name of the uh, channel is different than the actual podcast, though, correct? Correct. Yeah, the uh, the channel that you want to follow on Twitch is top tier rated. Right, and it took me forever to find it because I was looking for 
uncaged voices or voice. <laughs> we uh, we do how we do, however, post um, the the re- the reruns or I should say the reshowings of the podcast on my YouTube channel, which is the Uncaged Voice Podcast YouTube channel. So you can also look for us on there. Oh, you! I didn't know you had a you. Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, also, if you're uh, ever interested in that political junk and want to talk about the current news, I do host the Red Pill Current News podcast. Uh, we drop new episodes there uh, every Wednesday and Saturday, but normally during special reports, it's just just about every other day. Also, if you ever want to be a guest here on the Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast or you have a question for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at OLKentucky, spelled out, OLKentucky99 at yahoo.com, OKentucky99 at yahoo.com. And, uh, you know, we appreciate every email that we get. Uh, anytime that we can uh, correspond with you guys, uh, it just makes doing this a whole lot more fun. And uh, so feel free to reach out. Uh, we've got a, a, a good community of people that email on the uh, Red Pill Current News. We use, I actually use the same email for both. Um, but you wrestling fans, you guys need to step it up and start emailing us. And uh, let's, uh, let's have some conversations. And... Uh, have some fun. That's what life's all about. Right, Nani? That's right. Get some more hot topics going. Absolutely. Hey, I have received some incredible subjects and have done episodes, amazing, in my opinion, anyways, <laughs> amazing episodes on the red pill uh, due to fan suggestions. So that stuff works, folks. And if uh, I'm always willing, Donnie and I, to give shout outs as well. Uh, if somebody gives us a good enough idea to actually make an episode out of. so, But let's go ahead and get into today's show. Uh, Donnie, I guess uh, last episode we started off with AEW. Uh, why don't we switch it, start off this episode with WWE. What do you think? Oh, oh yeah, lots of, lots of stuff to unpack right now. Yeah, what a time to be a wrestling fan. And I know I say that just about every show, but it's the truth. Wrestling has not been this exciting, uh, for at least for me, in a very long time. And um, one of the guys who have been there since the beginning, uh, we're finally starting to see some reports on the reason behind Paul Heyman not being on television uh, or back, backstage since SummerSlam. Uh, so at SummerSlam this year, Roman Reigns successfully defeated uh, uh, Brock Lesnar to retain the undisputed Universal Championship into a last man, uh, last man standing match. During the contest, the Beast uh, did a devastating F5 on Reigns special counsel Paul Heyman, sidelining him from television for the next few weeks. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer, uh, Dave Meltzer shared backstage notes on Paul Heyman's absence. As per Meltzer, uh, the intent is to make, and I'm actually glad, if this is true, I'm glad that they're doing this, and they need to do this with more more finishers. Uh, we don't need to see like five super kicks or five F5s or five pedigrees or anything like that, but as per Meltzer, the intent is to make it look like Heyman is recovering from his injuries after taking a F5 from Lesnar, putting the move over in the process. Uh, well, your thoughts on that, my friend? 
If it's indeed true, I think it's brilliant because it is about time we get back to the days when we sell the devastation of of these finishing moves. Because many, many years, many, many moons ago in wrestling, all it took was one or two finishing moves. And if a guy, especially if a guy took it through a table or some other apparatus, they would typically be off television for weeks. This wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, he takes an F5 through a table. And and three nights later, he's back on TV with barely a scratch on his body. So I like it. And it also sells the fact that, hey, Paul Heyman's not a wrestler. He's a manager. He's a mouthpiece, nothing more. So if, if he, an average, everyday person, gets put through a table with an F5, yeah, he's, he's going to be hurt. He's going to be down for the count for a while, realistically. Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. Um, I've said that for a while. They need to... Uh... And it's not just the F5, but a lot of moves. I mean, I remember when uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, perfect example, uh, Sweet Chin Music, one of them, and you're done. Now you have, uh, like, the Young Bucks, uh, they'll double up and uh, super kick you or three times with uh, Adam Cole, and you still get back up and win the match. It just uh, it takes away the excitement and the believability, in my opinion. Uh, one thing that uh, Meltzer did say was that uh, WWE will not be announcing uh, when Paul Heyman eventually does return. Uh, he's likely and uh, most definitely just going to appear out of the blue one day on uh, probably the SmackDown brand. <laughs> and that sounds about right. Your thoughts? I mean, I, I figure that's what they're going to do. I mean, they don't. Uh, once in a while, they'll, they'll when someone's off t- TV for a while, they'll announce it and they'll say, "Hey, this person's coming back uh, next week or this week, whatever the case is." I mean, I kind of wish there was a little bit of a build-up to it. That way, Paul Heyman could come out. He he could uh, he can cut a promo, talk about how how much pain he was in from being put through the table by by Brock Lesnar, or as he likes to say it, Brock Lesnar. But, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, this is pretty typical of wrestling these days. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell you. Now, I don't like this guy, and, it's, and it has nothing to do with uh, me liking him at all. I don't, I don't like him. I, uh, but I think that they are doing completely wrong when it comes to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was so over before, as a babyface before he got – and that's why I don't like him. He just – you know, you left a company that you helped build, that you started, helped start. Uh, you left your buddies behind. You shouldn't go on to another promotion and be a baby face. You're a heel. Live it. Love it. Embrace it. Anyways, uh, he was really over, really over uh, before he got hurt. And, and he injured his pec. Uh, where I think they're messing up with him is... They should, not every week, but every once a month, even, maybe twice a month. Uh, I mean, my goodness, they do two shows a week. Uh, talk about him a little bit. Get, do an interview. Have him talk about his, like you mentioned with Paul Heyman, have him talk about his recovery. Uh, keep him in the public eye. Yes, there's going to be a pretty good pop when he does come back, regardless. However, uh, I think, man, I, I really think they've done this wrong. Uh I said the same thing about us, uh, CM Punk before he came back. Uh, I, the old days, uh, 
it, it's just a lot different. And I thought Triple H, he's changed so much. I figured he would, uh, he would be changing that with Cody as well. What do you think? Well, I do think they're they're missing an opportunity here because you know, and this is where I disagree with you slightly. On I don't necessarily think Cody should have come back to WWE as a heel because when you saw that response that he got at WrestleMania this year, I mean that was just that was deafening the way the crowd reacted. It was polar opposite of the way he was being treated in AEW before he left. And I think in many ways, the only reason he left AEW was primarily because he felt he had accomplished everything he really could at that particular time. And he still had some unfinished business back in WWE. And clearly there was a demand for him to come back. But back to what you were saying, as far as should we be getting periodic updates on how his recovery is going? hundred percent. I think, I think a pre-recorded sit down interview would be great. I think it would keep people invested and interested as opposed to him just being say a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble or whenever he's due back. I mean, I mean, he could still be a surprise entrant. They don't have to necessarily announce him as being in the Royal Rumble, but I do think every now and then some pre-recorded segments would be great. Yeah, it well, it keeps uh, it keeps his name out there. Uh, and yes, I mean, he's like I said, he's still going to get a pop when he does come back. But uh, I just think I think they're missing opportunity on when it comes to. Uh, sales of memorabilia right now of him, and uh, I just think they're blowing it. I do. Um, so let's go way, way back, way back. I seen an interview uh, this week with uh, Dutch Mantel, <laughs> and he had something, and uh, I don't know, it caught me off guard so much because I didn't know anything about it that uh, I felt I had to put it on the list for today. <laughs> so two times. You just made the list. The Jericho list. By the way, we'll get into that here in a minute. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> see, you're throwing me off track already. Uh, so, two-time WWE champion was allegedly told to stay away from Stephanie McMahon. So, WWE Hall of Famer Randy Savage was allegedly told to stay away from Stephanie McMahon per Dutchman Tell. Savage is regarded by many fans as one of the greatest superstars who ever stepped foot in the WWE ring. Oh, yeah. Uh, that being said, the WWE legend was involved in a long string of controversials, uh, controversies throughout his career. One of those controversies arose from a rumor that stated that Savage and McMahon were in a relationship back in the day. Whoa, where was Elizabeth? Uh, I never know those two splitting up <laughs> when he was wrestling. Um, yeah. What do you, did you know about this, Donnie? Or, you know, I, I, you know, I've heard this rumor before and I think, I think it was probably, it might've been on Bruce Pritchard's podcast that I heard a little bit about it, um, where he kind of talked about it briefly. I personally don't think it's any, I don't think there's any truth to it. I mean, I know it's popped up a couple of the times over the years, but I don't know. Just I know that Randy Savage was a controversial figure at different points of his career, in his career. But I just he just doesn't seem like the type of person to me that would commit that that type of career suicide in the WWF. I really do believe that when he left in '94 to go to WCW, it was over money and it was over his placement on the card and the fact that they just wanted him to be a commentator and he still wanted to wrestle. And so he and Vince had had a difference of opinion as far on the creative side. 
again, you know, don't quote me on any of this because I wasn't there to witness any of it. But if I if I was a betting man, I would bet that this is just one of those strange rumors that has resurfaced over the years and that there's not any truth to it. But my question, where was Elizabeth <laughs> during in the 90s? Because uh, he left, as you mentioned, he left WWE in 94. He was still with Elizabeth in 94. Well, actually, I think the two of them, this is just based on my my memory, I think they got divorced in 92, 93. It would have been shortly after the whole angle that they did at WrestleMania 8 with uh, Ric Flair during that feud. Um but the two of them obviously still remained close over the years and were still very good friends. And he was always kind of known for being protective of Elizabeth because of that, uh, of that relationship. Um, I mean, again, uh, let's, uh, let's not, re- let's not forget that many years later, Elizabeth also was, was in an affair with Lex Luger. They, in fact, they just talked about it on the A&E documentary from a couple of weeks back on Lex Luger, which I highly recommend watching. It's, it gives you a lot of interesting information but yeah, I mean, I mean, where was she when this was allegedly going on? I mean, that's she lurking in the background. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, affair with Luger came much later than '94. Uh, I think that actually went right up until her death, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, they were still they were still they were they were living together at the time, as I understand. Yeah, yeah, I remember when uh, uh, when when she first passed away. Uh, he he's the one that found her. Lex Luger, I remember that being all over the news and uh, the story, uh, the flavor of the week, you would say. Uh, so the WWE, let's we can go back to current events. <laughs> the WWE is currently acting, and I did notice this myself uh, last week. They're acting like uh, Cross, his first main roster appearance never happened. So Karrion Cross recently uh, appeared on SmackDown. Uh, for the first time, he's been on the WWE main roster. According to the promotion, Cross, alongside his wife Scarlett, returned to the WWE on the August 5th episode of SmackDown after both were released in November. Prior to being cut, Cross had fully had been called up to Monday Night Raw and famously losing to his debut match to Jeff Jarrett. I remember that. That was horrible. Uh, so they announced uh, it was his debut so they are basically trying to pretend that Karrion uh, Cross is a new guy. Cross, first run on WWE's main roster, received criticism from fans who believed that the two-time former NXT champion was being underutilized in his role. Cross will make his main roster in-ring debut, and I'm putting quotes around this, debut on this Friday SmackDown on Fox. Look, they made a mistake with them. They're trying to rectify it. Don't don't try to act like your fans are stupid. I mean, we know he was there. We've seen it with our own eyes. I mean, I think this is this is just the wrong way to go with this. Uh, don't call it a debut. Maybe call it his comeback or something. Uh, wrestling fans aren't stupid. I mean, we know exactly what's going on. We're glad you're giving him another chance because he was awesome in NXT, and he did get the shaft on his first run on the main roster. But don't act like this guy. It never happened because it did. And you made a mistake, and you've got to deal with it. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's two schools of thought thought there, which is, number one, you can obviously reference the fact that he was underutilized in the past, that he was on the main roster for a brief period, um, and they turned him into a joke. 
I mean, you know, when he was wearing that mask, he looked like some uh, some poor man's uh, demolition ripoff, to be perfectly honest. Um, but so there's one there's one school of thought is, hey, acknowledge his past. Other others, others are thinking, you know what? I we know this isn't his first time on the main roster, uh, you know, but the fans already know that. So rather than acknowledging how badly they botched his uh, his previous run, why not just start fresh and and say like, hey, this guy's coming for the this guy's gunning for the title. He's targeting Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. You don't know when he's going to strike, but we know that he he wants the belt and he's here to make a big impact. So I could see arguments. For both, uh, for both approaches. Me personally, I'm okay with what they're doing right now because it just completely erases my memory of, uh, of how badly they, they booked him in his previous run. So I'm okay with it, but others might not be. Yeah, I have to disagree with you. Um, I, I, I can't get over the fact the way they did him the first time. Uh, uh, I'm glad he's back. Uh, I said it back then. Uh, that it was a huge mistake. Uh, I can't remember who's, uh, I think maybe I was on block talk podcast with those guys. I can't remember where I was, but I remember talking about it and it was, I thought it was a huge mistake. Um, anyways, so here is some rumors that, uh, are quite shocking to me about clash at the castle. Um, so let me read this to you and get your thoughts on this, Donnie. Uh, I think you're already going to know my thoughts, but, uh, Roman Reigns. Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns will defend the undisputed WWE Universal Title against Drew McIntyre at the upcoming uh, Clash at the Castle pay per view, uh, which is actually going to happen this Saturday. Wrestling Votes is is reporting that there have been discussions about Reigns dropping one or both titles at this event. Quote: For the first time in a long time. There has been some discussions creatively regarding Roman Reigns dropping the titles. I'm hearing multiple ideas have intrigued those making the final call come Saturday. Uh, should be an interesting week ahead of us. Uh, yeah, I don't like that whatsoever. Uh, go ahead, sir. Well, well, once again, I, I, I can understand from a business perspective why they're considering this because... Roman Reigns, as you've seen in the last few months, has been on TV less and less. He has not been defending his title at every premium live event like champions used to do in years past. And maybe he's due for a little bit of a break coming up, and then they're going to bring him back uh, during Royal Rumble season. I, I don't know. And also there's, that, there's the argument, well, you're, in, you're over in the UK, so you could get that big hometown reaction by, by seeing Drew McIntyre win the win the title from Roman Reigns and that, you know, so, so you get a big pop there from the live crowd and not to mention the fact that when Drew won his previous WWE championship, or at least his first one, he won it from Brock Lesnar in an empty arena at WrestleMania 36. So there's a couple of schools of thought there. Now, like I've said in the past, I like Drew McIntyre. I think that it'd be okay to give him the title for a little bit before you put it on someone else, someone fresh, but there's also an argument to be made that Roman Reigns is in God mode right now, and the Tribal Chief should not drop it to anybody right now. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre as champion, um, I think, puts a stink on the belt. Uh, but the quote that that I don't quite uh, get is, 
uh, there's been talks of Roman Reigns dropping one or both belts. I thought they went together. I thought it was uh, undisputed title. Um, did you catch that when I read that? I mean, that 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 kind of they need. Now I've said for a while now that they need to split the belt back up because of the reason you just stated. There's no way one guy can be on every show uh, on champion on every, and you have to have the champion there. Not every single week, but you need to have them there, especially in live events, uh, more than not. And uh, Agreed. So are they going to split the belts up again? I mean, that, that's a confusing statement. I mean, th- there's been no talk up until this point about this being uh, a match that's for just one of the belts. So that is pretty confusing, to be honest. I, would, I, would be under the, I was under the impression that it's going to be for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, which means both title belts. Are, are they going to change it up at the last minute? I, I, I don't know. It's, it is confusing. What, uh, and, and also this week, uh, I've seen on the dirt sheets several reports that uh, Triple H is making a new title, uh, undisputed title. So, um, so yeah, that report is very, confu- <laughs> very confusing. I, uh, I was when I read it earlier today. I mean, one thing I will say in response to that is if they are going to officially unify the two belts into one championship that's defended across both shows, they, they, they need a fresh new design for the belt. Because right now, the two belts look exactly alike. Only one's black and one's blue. So I'd, I'd like to see a new design for a title belt, to be perfectly honest. But do I agree with you that, they, that in actuality, they should split the belts one go to Raw, one goes to SmackDown. Th- that would be the best case scenario. Yep, and they need to do the same thing with the tag team titles as well. Um, I miss the red Universal Belt. That was one of my favorite belts for some reason. Besides the, of course, Smoking Skull Belt that Stone Cold used to have, but that red Universal Belt that uh, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, uh, Kevin Owens uh, had. I-, I-, I miss that belt. <laughs> You know what? You know, the only person that I thought did that belt any justice, because I was really not a fan of that of that belt design, I felt that the one guy who did that belt justice was Bray Wyatt, because especially when he had the belt and it was under the red light, the belt looked really awesome. But when anybody else walked around, I was just like, oh, wow, they, they made an official championship belt out of uh, Fruit Roll-Up, which was one of my uh, favorite snacks as a kid. Ah, oh, shame on you. Don't be talking about that belt. I miss that belt. Uh, I miss I miss the fiend too, man. Like, sure. And I keep hearing rumors that he's coming. I I, I don't want to hear him anymore. Either let him come or stop. Talking about yeah. him. Yep. Uh, so, um, AEW or uh, not AEW WWE. Uh, there's rumors that, uh, of course, we know that there will be a new episode of Raw tonight. It's supposed to look a little bit different as well. And the promotion has already announced several matches for the show. Here's something I found interesting. Uh, on the early plans for tonight's Raw, Kurt Angle is going to be involved with Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. Uh, Angle is also set to drink some milk with the Profits, <laughs> with the Street Profits. Uh, so first of all, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, it's going on so long now that uh, Montez Ford's going to lose his push as a single competitor. And the second is, uh, what in the world is Kurt Angle going to be doing on Raw? Why is he back on Raw? I thought he was done. Well, there was there was a rumor that I read over the weekend that 
Kurt Angle, who I think recently just had had both his knees replaced. He is contemplating coming back for one more match. Um, I don't know against who, but th- th- that's the rumor that's been doing the rounds as of late. So maybe this could be a way to just reintroduce him into programming and build up to his to his eventual final match. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've said it before that I absolutely hated that, that his final retirement match was against Baron Corbin, um, which you know, no, no disrespect to Baron Corbin, but he wasn't the the caliber of opponent that Kurt Angle deserved in his final match, regardless of whether he was at, he was in his prime anymore or not. Um, would I like to see Kurt step back in the ring one more time if he's healthy enough? Sure, it'd be great, but give him a better opponent. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. WrestleMania, Kurt Angle, final match versus The Undertaker, final match. That would be awesome. <laughs> They'd have to give them both uh, major shots of adrenaline to keep them, <laughs> to keep them moving for that. Shame on you, man. The whole, you. the whole the whole thing would be in slow motion, and I love both guys, but their their bodies are just spent at this point. I'm I'm telling you, Undertaker at his Hall of Fame last year said, and I quote, "Never say never say never." <laughs> and he was at Ric Flair's final match, and he had a long chat with Ric Flair after the match. Did you see that? Uh, before uh, that, that I did not see. Yeah, he was sitting there next to Mick Foley and Bret Hart, and Ric Flair came over, shook their hands, and The Undertaker kind of pulled him in a little bit close, and they talked, I mean, for a while, and the cameras were rolling. So, I don't know. We'll see. And I, I tell you what, if that match happens, uh, it'll steal the show. I don't care what you say. The dead man back in the ring, oh my goodness, and the Olympic hero, shoot. It- if they could both go one more time, I'm I, I'm all for it. We do that. We two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, un, unquestionably. You you can. I mean, they probably feel like they can do anything, man. After watching the debacle with Rick Flair's last match, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> the guy, like I said, I lost all respect for that coward. Anyways, um, so uh, also on tonight's plans, uh, the Dexter Loomis story is set to continue. Uh, with advanced security guards being uh, uh, planted uh, to the entrance, uh, the story, Loomis and The Miz are planned for tonight's Raw. There was a lot of a, a lot of pomp and circumstances surrounding. Oh, that's another story. What in the world? Why are these running together? Anyways, so uh, I know that The Miz has a match tonight uh, with against Bobby Lashley. And last week... Uh, for some reason, this crazy story with Loomis, uh, Loomis is uh, he kidnapped Miz. So I, I don't know. I mean, where's that leave Champa? I mean, this this is such a weird storyline to me. I, I don't know how they're going to fix this or bring it out. Well, well, I think they need to pull the trigger on what the end result's going to be soon because right now, every single week, it's just like. Is Dexter Loomis going to show up? Uh, I, well, I don't know, but there's increased security in the building to make sure. And last week, didn't he disguise himself as a security guard? So that was a so that was a moot point. The fact that there was added security. I I mean, I'm all for build up. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you want to tell a tell a tell a good story and get people invested. But 
if it's just going to be week after week, you're going to have the same thing. I mean, I mean, it's like what they're doing on SmackDown where Ronda Rousey beats up uh, some officials and she gets handcuffed every week. It's like, come on, after so many weeks, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. I, I cannot wait until Shayna Baszler's champion and her and Ronda Rousey uh, actually go at it. I think it's long overdue, and I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, they've, they've been building up to it long enough, I mean. So, and, and really, the only uh, physical inter- interaction we've seen them get into was in the uh, Women's Royal Rumble this year. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're friends. I mean, it's, it's noted. They're friends, like, in real life and what have you. Um, and I think that sometimes, uh, actually most of the time, uh, when friends fight, like when they act like they're on different sides, uh, the chemistry is amazing, and those matches are usually some of the best matches I've ever witnessed. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Ric Flair, two great friends in real life who act like they absolutely hated each other and I swear those matches, that row of matches, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch them, that they had were some of the best matches yep. I've ever witnessed uh, as a wrestling fan. Oh, absolutely. If you've never watched a Ricky Steamboat Ric Flair match, you've got to stop what you're doing right now and, and go watch at least one of them, if not all of them. Right, but wait till this show's over and then go watch them. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's see. Um Seth Rollins and Riddle, uh, who are facing, it's official, at the uh, clash of uh, the castle. They are to uh, square up face-to-face tonight. It doesn't say if it's a contract signing or what, but uh, that, that's going to end just like uh, it always does. It's going to be a fight. They're going to have to have people come out and separate them. Uh, I mean, I love the build-up to the match. I think the match, along with Gunther and Sheamus, is going to steal the show. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's triple H you're so good. You might be too good for your own good. You've got to come up with something different for these guys to promote that match. It's got to change just a little bit, not completely, but just a little bit. What are your thoughts? No, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that you just, uh, you know, you gotta, you, you, you gotta let this, uh, this fight take place now and, and let them, you know, showcase their, their talents in this match. And I don't think this is a few that should drag on for months and months. It's like, they've been, they've been getting into all these brawls. It's like, let's have this match at clash at the castle. Let's have a definitive winner. And, and then both guys kind of move on to, to new stuff. Um, because, uh, I mean, I mean, at least one, if not both of them should be challenging for, some sort of title on on raw right now and they're not um and both guys are you know extremely talented two of the best workers on the roster i i I do agree with what you said before that even though i'd love to see riddle the original bro walk away with a victory that it probably at this point in time would benefit seth rollins a little bit more just because he's been putting so many people over this year yeah i think uh seth rollins walking around this long uh since he's come back after being a father uh without a title um is a disservice to his fans and i'm one of them <laughs> so uh i and you're absolutely right uh i i have to agree with you that at, after clash of the castle seth needs to move on uh find another opponent maybe uh start something with bobby lashley uh take that title give bobby the opportunity to become a, a universal or world champion again uh because I definitely think he deserves it. Um, Riddle needs to 
it, it, it's time for Randy Orton to pop up in some form and fashion uh, and kind of put an end to that and put a nice little bow on uh, whatever's going to happen there. I think their uh, run as a tag team's definitely over, uh, but, you know, they've still left the fans kind of hanging, so they need to uh, put a nice little bow on that and uh, let's finish it. Even if Randy can't wrestle, uh, he can still make an appearance and, like, slap the crap out of Riddle or something, you know? For sure. Yeah, they've been they've been dragging that out a lot, and uh, I think that if he hadn't gotten injured, I think they would have done some sort of breakup angle by this point already. Yeah, uh, so the women's tag team title, the tournament finals, uh, is going to be uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky uh, versus Dakota Kai's former tag team partner, champion partner. Uh, they were champions on NXT. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, the giant, and Alea, who Alea, I don't even know why she's still in wrestling. Um, they are going to, uh, that's going to be, I think, a good match. I'm just wondering, because I noticed last on SmackDown, uh, when uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Alea won that match to get into the finals, that Dakota Kai was standing there, and she was making faces and saying something to Raquel. So I'm just wondering if they're going to talk mm-hmm. about uh, seems like you and I are the only ones talking <laughs> about that uh, where they used to be partners because I think it's I think it's going to play a part in this. Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, if I was fantasy booking, that that's I would I would absolutely reference their history. Number one, number two, what I would do in the in the final in the finals of the women's uh, tag team title tournament, I would have Raquel Rodriguez turn on Aaliyah and join up with Io Sky and yes. Dakota Kai. Let the two of them walk away with the belts. She becomes the muscle for Bailey's group, basically. And 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 again, they could always defend the titles under the the Freebird rule, which uh, Stables have been doing for many years now. Yeah, the stupid New Day did it forever. That's the only way Xavier Woods ever held a title. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, that would be great, uh, Rodriguez. Uh, just you know, her and Dakota Kai are uh, fighting. Uh, in that in that match, and uh, finally they they give each other a look, they hug each other. Raquel falls down and lets Dakota Kai pin her. That would be great. Uh huh. Well, well, I was actually thinking something more along the lines of maybe Alia gets gets like the hot tag. She's in the ring with Io Sky or Dakota Kai, and then out of nowhere, Raquel just like clotheslines her or something, and then steps out of the ring and lets. Dakota and Io win the win the belts. Yeah, but I, I was kind of referencing way back when in WCW. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I know what you're referencing. Uh, uh, Paul Hogan <laughs> put his finger out and poked Kevin Nash, and he fell down. I thought that was great. Still one of my least favorite moments in wrestling history, but that's a story for another you episode. Don't know good wrestling. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, also tonight, uh, the Usos and Sami Zayn are to appear on Raw. Um, I, <laughs> how, how much longer are they going to be using poor old Sammy? I mean, for real, how much longer is this going to go on? Uh, until he, uh, smartens up and realizes he's being used. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. When Sammy Zayn was in NXT, I was a fan. He was, he is a great, he can be a great wrestler. And I noticed like the last month or so he's kind of been getting back into shape he was getting pretty far out there 
uh, for a while. But now he's starting to get back into shape. And I know Kevin Owens is as well. Um, so these guys are, I mean, when they're, when they're on, they're on. I mean, they're great. And uh, I really think they've made Sammy look like a fool uh, for quite some time now. And uh, uh, I, think it's, uh, I, I think he needs a change. I, I think uh, he needs to get back to, uh, you know, El Generico or something. Uh, because he was truly great uh, at one time in NXT, in my opinion. Yep. And honestly, I think that there there's no better uh, team out there than than to have uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn take the belts off of the Usos at this point. I mean, honestly, like name one other team that could realistically take the belts off of them. The Street Profits have tried. The New Day have, have tried. A bunch of other teams have uh, have taken a shot at it. And you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have that personal history. They're best friends in real life. And they work great as a team, so why not? Why not have them take the belts off the Usos? So kind of like you recommended the Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat match, I'm going to recommend a match. When you get a chance, guys, for those of you that are listening, go on. It's on YouTube, or if you have Peacock and you're on the Wrestling Network, uh, go on there and look up Kevin Owens and Sami uh, Zayn fighting for the NXT Tag Titles in a ladder match. It doesn't matter which ladder match. I promise you, that is some of the greatest matches uh, I have seen as as far as tag teams. I know that they give credit all the time to the Hardys and the and Edge uh, and Christian for the uh, ladder matches when tag teams, but Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I've seen them in Ring and Honor, and I've seen them in NXT in ladder matches, and it's just some of the some of the stuff that they pulled off. Uh, I don't know how they're walking around today, just to be honest with you. Yep, 100%. All right, so let's, uh, let's move on to AEW. Um, some interesting news here, uh, and this is, a, this is a huge mistake. I'm going to read it all, and then I'll let you comment, but I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. This is a bad mistake, uh, especially with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon running uh, WWE and on the prowl for new talent. <coughs> This is a bad mistake, but let's go ahead and I'll read you the headlines and, and uh, read you a little bit of it and let you uh, get your opinions. So the AEW tag team FTR has been left very angry after they were being after being pulled from the upcoming AEW Fight Forever video game. They at least made uh, made it to the mode phase of the game. We're told that FTR were informed of the call and weren't too happy about it as being involved in the video games uh, usually also come with a significant bonus, of course. Uh, no explanation has been given as to why Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood uh, were pulled from the game. FTR joined AEW in May 2020 and won the AEW World Tag Team Championships in September that year at the uh, all-out pay-per-view event. Uh, the pair are currently uh, triple tag team champions, uh, in their first ring is uh, Ring of Honor, uh, IWGP, and AAA World Tag Team Champions. However, this did not uh, affect them being pulled from AEW's new video game. Mistake. Go ahead, sir. I'll let you talk. Big mistake. I mean, quite simply, they are the most over-tag team in AEW right now. And it's funny because they're not even the current AEW tag team champions. They're the Ring of Honor tag team champions. And like you said, also have two other pairs of tag team belts to their names currently. And 
They get great reactions from the crowd. They put on consistently great matches. I I don't understand why you wouldn't feature them prominently in your video game, which is supposed to be a major piece of media that your company is putting out. Uh, this seems like a big mistake by AEW, and you know, for all the, for all the for all the higher ups in AEW know, FTR could secretly be talking to Triple H or somebody else from WWE in the background and making plans for the days when their AEW contracts uh, expire. Well, this would definitely, uh, you know, it's a pretty good-sized bonus when you're on a video game. Uh, And this would definitely, if I was one of them, would push me. The only thing I can imagine is if uh, this is a work and they're going to be in some kind of like, you know how these video games now, I haven't played one in a long time, but I know that they have these where you can purchase like extra people or something on them. Um, yeah. The, D- the DLCs. Okay. There you go. Uh, that's the only thing I can think maybe they're going there, but them coming out and publicly being angry about this, uh, evidently that hasn't been, if that's the case, that hasn't been shared with them. Uh, another mistake. And if you don't think, if you don't think that AEW people are, are aware and noticing what Triple H is doing on Raw and SmackDown, check out this next headline. Bobby Fish of AEW discusses Triple H during a recent appearance on two-man power trip of wrestling podcast. AEW wrestler Bobby Fish commented on working under Triple H's vision of WWE NXT, being a big fan of his and more. Quote, I'm being a fan of Triple H, sure. I grew up you know, watching Hunter, so I was a fan. The way that he saw the whole thing was just awesome, and it was like, man, this guy, one, I'm a fan of the way he sees the business, but two, he wants the business itself to thrive and go to have uncharted success. And then, after being there with him for the better part of three or four years, I would I would go to war for him for that man, hands down. Uh, on working for Triple H and NXT, quote. I was really happy working for Hunter, and if that was going to be on NXT, I was cool with staying there. If he was going to go to Raw, I would have went to Raw. You know, I liked working for Hunter. I want to come back, though, uh, through the curtain and have Triple H and Shawn Michaels be like, yeah, you, uh, you're you the king, man. You're the king. Whoa. Thoughts? I mean, it's almost like Bobby Fish is saying right there, if I wasn't under contract with AEW, I would go back to WWE in a heartbeat to work for Triple H. I mean, it certainly says a lot about him as a, as a boss. He's somebody that's really well-respected by the people who worked for him in the past or, or you know, currently. Yep, and who is Bobby Fish's best friend that is also a Triple H guy? Adam Cole. Adam Cole. I look for Adam Cole. I know that he's friends with Omega and the Young Bucks. I promise you, for some reason, uh, my gut has told me ever since Triple H has took over creative, as soon as Cole can, and I know his girlfriend's at AEW as well, Britt Baker, um, but I, as soon as he can, I, I believe he'll be on the next plane to WWE. Uh, I mean, it's funny you mentioned her name as well because I know she has said in the past that she's committed to AEW, but... If there's one thing we've learned, it's that money talks in this business, and so do prominent positions on programming. 
And, you know, potentially if uh, Adam Cole were to one day go back to WWE, perhaps we could also see Britt Baker join the WWE women's division. And she'd be a great addition to that. I mean, she would be probably one of the most over heels in the company if she joined WWE. I have to say on AEW and Ring of Honor, uh, she is my favorite uh, female on there. Uh, she's just, uh, her attitude and her skills are amazing. I think, though, I think AEW is aware of that. And uh, we have uh, Thunder Rosa dropping the title now due to some kind of injury uh, I've seen on Rampage. But uh, I think that uh, everybody thinks that Tony Storm's going to be the new champion. I think it's going to end up back around uh, Britt Baker myself. What do you think? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that decision because she did a great job carrying the title previously. Like you said, she carries herself like a champion. Her, you know, her work in the ring has just gotten better and better over time. You know, I, I like Tony Storm. I think she's a good worker, but unfortunately, I don't know if she's somebody who could carry the belt for a, an extended period of time. She hasn't convinced me that that's something she could do. She's convinced me that she's somebody who's good to chase the title not necessarily be the person to carry it. She is, I tell you, she reminds me, and I'm a fan. I mean, I like Tony Storm too, but she reminds me of something that I've always said about uh, Cesaro, Claudio, whatever you want to call them. Um, she's missing that it factor. Like she's good. Um, she can even be great sometimes. But as far as when, you, when you're thinking about, and not every great wrestler has to be a champion. I understand that. But, uh, your great wrestlers, even if they never had the title, they still appear like they're champions. Like, look at The Miz. How long has it been since he's had a belt? It, I don't even know. It's been a long time. But guess what? He appears as a champion. She is missing that same thing that Claudio's missing. Uh, it, it's just something like some kind of chemistry or something, that if factor, in my opinion. That's what's going to hold her back. Yep. Uh, and then... Uh, no, I agree, and I mean, and I mean, she's still young, so I mean, she could still grow and get better over time. There's no question about it. But I, but I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, I mean, there, there, and there's a lot of, especially in the female division, there, there's a lot of those uh, out there like that. Uh, Amber Moon, I, whatever her name is on AEW now, she's always Amber Moon to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> same thing. You know, uh, great wrestler, awesome, fantastic finishing move off the top rope to stunner I, I thought that was amazing but never seen her as being like a charlotte flair or sasa bank or uh bailey or, or you know up there with those guys so and, and there's a lot of them there, there's a lot of male wrestlers too you know that that are just fantastic and there's a lot of male wrestlers who are i think wwe and AEW uh are missing the boat on uh the one that comes to my mind uh maybe because kurt angle is going to be on Raw tonight, uh, but the uh, leader of the Alpha Academy, uh, I think that they're, they're completely, they're, they have been for a while, I think they're completely blowing it. Yes, I know he's a short guy, but man, that guy is athletic, and he, in any other promotion, I think he would be dominating the wrestling world, in my opinion. Okay, so uh, CM Punk, uh, AEW, CM Punk, uh, he's finally going to speak. But yeah, uh, you know, 
before I get into this CM Punk story uh, that I was just talking about, Donnie, what are your thoughts about Chad Gable? I always thought he's been a uh, talented worker. I mean, people compare him a lot to Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle was in his prime. Um, you know, obviously they have a slightly different look, but they both have that amateur wrestling background. And Gable, honestly, he, he knows how to cut a promo. If you give him a mic, it's not like the guy is a deer in the headlights. He knows how to talk. Um, I think he's always been held back for one reason or another because of his size. You know, he's only like five foot ten, two hundred pounds or so, which I don't really care about because now you've got a lot of guys that are being brought in that are around the same size as Chad Gable, to be quite honest. And, you know, should he be in a more prominent position that he's in right now? I think absolutely he's one of those guys that deserved an opportunity. And, you know, it was a shame because his former um, tag team partner in a, an American Alpha, um, if you remember Jason Jordan, you know, suffered a career-ending neck injury. He was a guy that they were building up as a future star as well. Um, and unfortunately, injury prevented that from happening. And now he's uh, been used as a producer by WWE backstage. But, uh, you know, Chad Gable's always been good in the ring. There's no question about it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to start looking at him a little bit harder, I think, because uh, if you're going to bring Johnny Wrestling uh, up and put a title on him, he's smaller as far as being built than Chad Gable. Chad Gable, you said, you mentioned he's like 220 pounds, but he's all muscle, man. I mean, he's all muscle. Uh, so they're going to have to take a better look or, or you know, they, they've got something, something that AEW has actually helped the wrestlers with uh, as far as a whole, all companies, was they gave WWE competition. Oh, you don't want to use me the correct way? I can go here or I can go there. Oh, you don't want to pay me? Well, I can go here, you see. And some of these guys, they're going to wake up like, and I think Chad Gable is one of them. They're going to, uh, if he doesn't see some changes with this new creative team, uh, I think they're going to lose them. Just my opinion. Yeah. I, I, and I, I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I think he's been, he's one of those guys who has been hanging around for a lot of years and hasn't seen a ton of upward mobility. And, uh, you know, there are other places he could go at the end of the day. He could be, he could easily be champion on ring of honor. He could easily be champion on, uh, well, the, the actually Ale, uh, Alexander Jones, the champion on Impact, uh, kind of he reminds you of Chad Gable in a way. He's a little bit bigger than him, but uh, he wears the uh, amateur wrestling outfit. He even wears the headgear. Uh, so Chad Gable could definitely be a champion on Impact as well. Uh, there, there's so, Like you said, there's a lot of places he could go. And uh, I think it's going to be unfortunate if he does leave because, I enjoy him. I, I like watching him wrestle. I love hearing him on the mic, especially when he gets going and he has somebody to argue with. Uh, I'm looking forward to the day that he turns on Otis. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be uh, unfortunate. But let's get into this CM story, our last story of the episode that I have. Uh, the CM Punk finally speaks. Uh, the AEW wrestler CM Punk has claimed his, his recent off-script comments about uh, Hangman Adam Page were a spur-of-the-moment incident. On an episode of AEW Dynamite, Punk, then the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, threw out the challenge to Page, aware that he was not scheduled to be on the show. 
uh, branding Paige as a coward. It's been reported that this was not part of the plan for the show. Duh. And Punk went off script. Quote by Punk. Quote, I don't write stuff down ahead of time. I just talk. That's one of the biggest things that's missing from pro wrestling today. It's letting people go out there and talk if they know uh, what they're doing. It can be magic. Punk added that his uh, main focus as a member of the AEW roster is to make, quote, make people want to see what happens next, uh, regardless of how they get there. Punk lost the AEW World Heavyweight Championship to John Moxley uh, on, la- on last week's Dynamite in a unification title match. However, Punk versus Moxley is still expected to headline next weekend's AEW All Out 2022 pay-per-view event. Now, I have heard this from other people that these guys are supposed, still supposed to main event this, uh, main event all out. I don't understand it. Why did you have the, the match on Dynamite just to have the same exact match, uh, on a pay per view? You're one of your major pay per views. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Your thought? I mean, look, I want to go back to some really good points that Warren Marlowe made on our last episode, which is that I now more than ever 100% believe that CM Punk goes into business for CM Punk. And whether this was spontaneous or not, him throwing out this challenge to Adam Page and calling him a coward, well, I get that you want to be spontaneous and you want to get people talking and everything, but at least stick to the blueprint of what of what's planned to go on in front of the cameras. Don't go into business for yourself just whenever you feel like it, regardless of what type of prominent position you're in. Um, I mean, as far as the match between him and Moxley happening at All Out, I personally think it'd be a mistake. I think they, if they're going to face each other again, it needs to happen a couple of months down the line after Moxley's held the belt a bit and had a couple of other small feuds and really just built up the championship once again. That way, if Punk were to win it back from him, it would have more impact, and it would have more meaning to it. I uh, Now, this, this interview just happened two days ago uh, that I just read. So, um, yeah, it, it's very confusing. Uh, I You know, last our last episode on Friday, uh, you're right, uh, uh, Marlo, he, he's not a CM Punk fan. I'm not a CM Punk fan either. Uh, but he's definitely not. He knows him personally. Um, but I read five possibilities, uh, for CM Punk's next steps, uh, that Metzer threw out there. And, uh, I think one of them was to face Moxley at all out, but nobody really believed that as far. And I'm talking about not us, but the journalists, like when I was reading it, and listening to it, uh, they didn't. They they thought that was you know they didn't think that they'd be fighting. They more or less thought, like we did, that Punk was going to leave AEW. He was done. He was gone. He's going on a hiatus. They called it. Um, this this match, uh, it, it just it doesn't. It's it's a mistake. But it it really the only way I can see this match making sense is if they're during the match, uh, MJF comes up and interferes and screws somebody out of the title. That's the only, only scenario that I can see where this match would make any sense. And then it doesn't mean a lot, but they need to bring MJF back. So I would appreciate 
that anyways, because uh, I know they need a storyline. And whatever his storyline when he comes back, I 100% guarantee you he's going to be in a world title picture. Well, I mean, it would bringing him back, I mean, it would be a mistake to not put him in the world title picture. If anything, just because I want to see John Moxley embarrass the little punk once, the little punk once again, and uh, shut his mouth once, uh, once and for all. But that being said, he is a hot commodity, and he's been off television for way too long. He has a history with both guys on AEW program, so the story writes itself. And I agree with you that that's the really the only scenario where it would make sense to have CM Punk and John Moxley face each other in the rematch this soon as if MJF were to, in some way, get involved. Now, you, you're going to be surprised, my friend, if this does happen with MJF, because uh, he's going to lay your little buddy Moxley out, and he'll probably take out the entire combat club. So, just saying, you're, 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 uh, you're talking about probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time right now. Uh <laughs> I mean, you're putting a little bit too much faith in uh, the red-headed bastard, so. Well, he's got some tough members of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club to get by. I mean, you've got Claudio Castagnoli, the current Ring of Honor champion. You've got John Moxley, the current AEW Undisputed champion. You've got Wheeler Yuta, who is the ROH Pure Wrestling champion. And then you've, of course, got... Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, who, you know, as the saying goes, uh, whatever you go up against him, you're going to get your head kicked in. Yeah, the only talent on that team, my friend, is Wheeler Yuta, and I don't know why he's on that team at all. I, I, he's way too good to be with those punks. I don't get it. All right, so, uh, Donnie, that is all I have for today, sir. How about yourself? That's all I have as well, sir. Uh, how can they reach you on Instagram again? That is Donnie Cage 223 on Instagram. And, of course, you can follow the Uncaged Voice podcast channel on YouTube. And you can always catch us here every Monday and Friday. Uh, also on my social medias, um, the easiest thing you can do, because uh, there's a few of them, just uh, go to linktree.com, type in KY guy. And uh, you'll find them all. They're all right there. That's the easiest way. Anyways, you've been listening too. And guys, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, if you weren't listening, there would be no sense for us being here. Isn't that right, sir? That's right. This is all because of you. Yep. So thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, a lot of pay-per-views coming up. And uh, we're going to give you our full predictions on the entire card on the next episode for Actually, it's going to be happening the following day. Clash at the Castle. Hey, you've been listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. As always, thank you guys. God bless and God bless America.